welcome to the Birdhouse podcast, where we talk about how to build a business, how to become a better version of ourselves, while we strive to fly up to the higher skies. My name is Alexander Guller, the CEO of the Birdhouse Agency, and I'm your host for this podcast. Welcome to the Birdhouse. Welcome to the Birdhouse podcast. My name is Alexander Guller, the CEO of the Birdhouse Agency, and today with me I have Stephen Wynn. So, Stephen, you have been a guest on my podcast a few times by now, uh, which I enjoy. Yep. I hope you also have enjoyed the few, uh, few times we have spent together. And uh, as always, I want to talk a little about our wins and losses and lessons through the past week. And after that, uh, I want to see where the talk goes and uh, see what happens. Do that. So I guess I'll start off with my win. Yeah. So last week had a pretty good call over the phone that will with client that will lead to more business down the road. It was a good, I thought it was only gonna be about a 30 minute conversation and turn into a good hour conversation with the person that will turn into more branding conversation, more products down the line. So I think that would be my biggest win of just having a really good, successful sales call. Mm, sounds good. And uh, what's your biggest loss been? Biggest loss was probably not not hitting my goal this week of the TikToks. I only got two out this week. I was aiming for four. I only got two. One just got busy and two. I'm just not a person who's naturally like, hey, I'm going to pull out my phone and film TikTok. So I just got to get used to doing that because I really want to start growing that and then pull those followers to other platforms. Yeah, sure. Getting more lead gen. Yeah. Uh, getting more yep. clients and getting more famous, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Just building your own brand. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and and what has your biggest lesson been? Biggest lesson was make sure to double check your invites that they have, how you're going to contact them. Because I actually had another sales call earlier in the week last week, and the person didn't show up because they didn't know where to go. Because I thought my because i have my zoom connected with my calendar and thought the zoom link would be sent out with the invite it was not and so the person just is not good with email and things like that so they weren't really prepared for the meeting and so i just we missed completely missed the meeting and really haven't heard much back from them since so oh to bad too bad yeah. so, but, so like no responses at all or? so afterwards yeah no res- not really any response so i'm just assuming that i dropped the ball there and missed out on the client which mm. that's how it goes and that's how we learn <laughs> so yeah big, yep. le- big lesson like, big lesson there and it's not fun to lose a client but by, by nope. that and at least not by that actually um, you talked about calendly and zoom which uh, i actually want to explain to the listeners well what those platforms are those programs are so zoom is just like discord where uh, you can talk with other people video chat with other people and calendly is a calendar software but the great thing about calendly is you can send out a link to a client which then they can book a schedule a meeting which uh, if you have connected your own calendar with calendly it can like make sure that Auto you block out. free spot three times so the client can choose whenever you are free and book that spot and great software great mm-hmm. software it is fantastic yeah so within the software you can put like 30 minute block out before and after in case it goes long or you need time to prepare or if you're driving from one client to another that kind of thing if it's not a zoom thing yeah and uh, so I also think you can like make sure that the meeting has to be in like over certain in, in five days in about five days or something like that yeah you can say i want it within the next two weeks i want it within the next week it can be within yeah. the next month and 
And then when the person clicks on the link, it sends them to a personalized branded page that has a calendar mm. on it that they go, okay, I want to go meet on Thursday at 2 p.m. And you're like, if that's available, great. Yeah. And also you can make out a questionnaire uh, for the client to fill out before you go in. So just some general questions, maybe like what should we address you with and what is your goal for this meeting and, and so on. So you can actually like find out a lot of things by just sending the Calendly thing or link if you have probably set it up. So great yep. software, guys, and would really recommend using that. So yeah. Absolutely. So what's your biggest win loss and lesson so uh, first of all uh, i want to start by um, my uh, they are all free connected in some way so sweet uh, the biggest loss was um, I was hoping for a girl. I was going drinking with and at Friday, which turned out she was not in a place in her life where she wanted to do it. Uh, to do it, like uh, meet up with me again, which I was kind of sad about. But the great thing about that was she came with a lot of objections. And as a salesperson and a marketer, it's quite good to get more experience on getting say uh, overcoming objectives. Mm-hmm. Not objectives, but objections. That's uh, I want to say that. So um, the biggest win was I actually tried to overcome those objections. And like what I did, I was I saw her text and I split it up into what objections were included in that text. And after that, mm-hmm. I just overcame and tried to overcome each objection. After that, and after the for each of her objections and put them together in, in one t- uh, in multiple text and send it to her in which order I, f- I thought was the most appropriate and like, yeah. uh, she sent about 200 words and I think I sent about 500 but now I had done all the work so I was, I was not going to not use all of the work so <laughs> yeah, so, yeah I, I think the biggest win for me which is also the lesson is I realized that a lot about sales and marketing generalizes like you can use it with girls you can use it in sales you can use it everywhere and um, you can practice the same skill in a lot of places so uh, mm-hmm. I was talking about overcoming objections and a client may have objections but a girl also have might have objections and the way you solve those problems to those ob- objections can be a lot of the same like you have to acknowledge the objection and, and after that explain why that shouldn't be a problem like, what's the solution to that problem uh, absolutely so yeah I think that was the, the lesson was you can that's always something you can learn by uh, for each experience. And the win was definitely figuring out that I think I did a pretty good job of overcoming the objections. But like she didn't, after that, she messaged me that it didn't work. But I still think I did a good job. But it's still hurt. yeah. So, and there's just some people that just don't want sales in general. Don't yeah, want to exactly. be sold. Exactly. So because um, anytime you go anywhere, you're selling yourself. Yeah. Anytime you go into sales call anytime you're going to the bar anytime that you're sending messages out on a dating app you're selling who you are to your friends to the girl to the business yeah and and, and also yeah you definitely you sell yourself but also each client you ever come across is a person <laughs> and the great thing about that is whenever you interact with a person you learn more about persons in general so that way you can also learn more about trying to sell uh, sell and overcoming objections and so on so yeah, that's always a lesson in everything. And sometimes you have to flip it over to see what the, le- the lesson was. 
and actually yep. the only thing uh, reason why I came to the to conclusion that I should try to do it like that was because I had some, uh, seen some of Jason Capital's video uh, where uh, one of his video he does what's what he calls copyboarding which is basically the same thing but you first you pitch an idea when you get the objections from potential clients don't think it out yourselves but um, because mm-hmm. you never know what the clients know that mistake always just ask just Yep. take your 10 best clients and just ask and uh, after that you kind of organize them and overcome them and send them out on the landing page and so on and the thing was right now I got all the objections in one text so I could do the rest of it I didn't have to pitch the idea like the, the idea was just hey would you want to take a walk sometime but yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the yeah. objections so yeah it's it fun. doesn't have to be complicated yeah definitely but it's a good learning experience so Mm-hmm. always improving yeah. always reaching for the highest guys at the birdhouse yeah and at the same thing is you like with representing yourself and representing company have you ever had a say support call or something where they weren't very helpful and you just wanted to leave the whole company for one person one person's job so like a bad waiter a bad customer rep so for me so I'm, I have Verizon on the phone when you call them you're going to get one of thousands of representatives mm-hmm. and if one of them is not helpful a lot of people will just leave the company. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they'll go, they'll go find a go to AT and T, go to whoever. Yeah, you have to be very careful about who's your front figure because <clears throat> the front figure is the person that everyone refers to that business with, like associates that business with. And if you don't do a good job as the front figure, the company is lost, like <laughs> straight up. Yeah. Because if people don't yeah. trust you, you can sell shit. Yep. And with that, you have to be careful. So do you know the different tiers within, say, a customer representative or support? There's usually tier one, tier two, and tier three. Sure. Usually. Yeah. So elaborate. elaborate. Yeah. So I'm going to use just IT because that's where I was working in personally. So tier one is the person who's initially going to pick up the phone and see if they can solve it. They're usually the least skilled out of anyone in the company. So they're the person. Person that's going to be like, oh, hey, there's an icon on my desktop that's not working. Can you help me fix it? Or Google Chrome's not opening. Why is that? They're usually going to be the ones that will first hop on. But out of anyone, you want to make sure your level ones are trained in how to deal with a customer mm-hmm. because they're not going to have a huge skill base. So if they can be a person that can talk and that kind of thing, they're going to excel in that position and eventually go to tier two, tier three, because they're going to start learning what issues are. But you have to be careful because that's usually that's your first line of contact. Because I've met so many IT people that have no social skills. What Whatsoever. Like a lot of computer people have the stereotype of being introverted, being socially awkward, which is all true. Uh, <laughs> but if you can train somebody on how to first five minutes of the call goes, then how to deal with an anger customer, how to do all of that, then your sales and likelihood of somebody is going to increase, is going to dramatically increase. Because even if that first impression is good and after that's okay to not great, if that first impression is great, then and they eventually get resolved then they'll be a happy customer in longer term. True. But, and also you talk about the first five minutes. That's also because that's the first impression. And if the customer gets a bad impression of the whole company, mm-hmm. so you have to be careful about making sure that the tier one, to use your terminology, is quite good at taking care of the customer, making sure that the customer feels hurt and so on. So yeah, definitely a good, great point. Great.
great point. Yeah. So I uh, also think it's always fun because dating and marketing has so much in common because you also have to make a good impression. Also, I can't remember what the exact terminology is, but there's a psychology fact that whatever you, uh, the first thing you see a person do is what you think defines them or something like that. Yeah. So if you are really fun at one party, but the next nine you are really not funny, like really over in the corner and looking down, just mm, not feeling mm-hmm. well, they still remember you as a fun guy. <laughs> That's the first impression they got from you. So that must be the most yeah. real. <laughs> so yeah, I got actually one funny story of my own and then another um, sure. funny story from actually Jason Capital as well. So funny story of my own, I do a lot of ministry in my area. Area. I am a religious a lot of what? Uh, ministry. So I, I'm a religious person. So I do oh, yes. help out with camps. I uh, serve at the church, that kind of thing. And so I was assistant director one time at a camp that my brother was running and I was in charge of the setup, the teardown and all of that. So I'd make sure like for lunch, all the lunch tables were ready. All of the food was ready, all of that. And as soon as like kids and leaders came in, I would take a step back and let them do their job. And then I'd watch and see if there was like anything that needed to be cleaned up and making sure everything was going smooth and all of that. So I was just in that general like operations mode. Mm. Some of the leaders who went to my church and school at first thought I was the most intimidating guy out there. <laughs> Cause you just see, I'm a pretty big shoulder. You just see somebody kind of crossed arms. Like mm. I was leaning against the stage, just watching. Yeah. I was happy because everything was going smooth. A bunch of kids would come up with me and I'd interact with them and that kind of thing. Cause I've been there. I helped out with the program for a good, probably eight, 10 years. Mm. But like when they saw me, I was in my like observing mode, making sure everything was going okay. And so they thought that I was not a friendly person. (laughs) And then about, I don't know, a week or so, week or two later, they like realized I was a really like fun guy. But anytime they saw me, I was always in like operations mode. Yeah. Things have to go smooth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so they, they came and told me that like two months after and I just started dying laughing. The thing is also like you're a big guy, like you're watch you yeah. and like if, if you want to be intimidating, you can easily be it. And Oh, absolutely. Have I used that to my advantage when I needed to? Yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And also um, when I was a bit more partying, I'm, I'm also a big guy. So like I went to a party once where one of my friends, which I don't talk to that much anymore, but he invited me over in uh, welcome and one of the other guests that came because he knows that that guy was like a bad guy and he, he was just going to <laughs> fuck shit up so he just wanted me to go with him and say hey don't mess it up and all the way I was like dude I don't want to fight I don't want a friend I know that I know that you're not going to fight You, ju- I just want you to be there you're intimidating and was like sure I don't want to fight I went and yeah. yes. <laughs> so I guess I have more stories on this I heard I played some football, American football, not soccer, whatever. Well, I did play soccer for one year, but I was not very good at it. Mm-hmm. I was the fastest person on the field, mm. but my footwork was not great. Uh. <laughs> so I had this lesson that I got taught that I guess I've lived by. I'm not a person who likes to cuss much, but when I do cuss, people listen instantly. Or when I do raise my voice, because like, yes, I'm generally loud, but I'm a very like calm person in any situation so anytime that my voice has been like in any way authoritative people are like i gotta listen immediately 
And I heard somebody say they had um, two coaches growing up. One, this huge, like, 6'4", 6'5", black guy who would cuss and yell all the time. And they, like, the players just got desensitized to it because that's personality this whole time yeah, and then he the had a five he had a five four coach who was very he was a little like yes he was loud and authoritative but like he was just a lot quieter and anytime that coach would raise his voice and or cuss the guys on the team would just listen to him because there's that expectation of like okay what is going on there's yeah. a change in what he does and so with that you in sales in life you just have to be able to balance like okay what do you want your base personality to be because anytime you change that up for the good or for the bad people are going to notice Mm, exactly and just a comment on that is about choosing what personality you want to become what i always talk about is you can control your feelings like you, you get them and well you, you can learn to control them more but you got feelings and they control you more than you control them and the thing is yes you got feelings and they can kind of control you but they don't control your behavior you might be angry but you don't have to shout you don't have to mm-hmm. punch people you can still be angry and don't punch people Like that's yeah. a choice. The behavior is a choice. So I played um, basketball in sports and people said I had, so we use like the amount of like string for like, say a firework going off. So they go, okay, how much fuse do you have? So when you light a firework, if it has a short fuse, it takes like a second to go off. So like those little like firecrackers that you would throw in the air or whatever, you try to get to land, like explode in the air. Yeah, yeah. People would always get mad at me because they're like, that's going to explode in your hand. And I'm like, I don't care. But that's the fun part. I- <laughs> but in sports, I was known for having one of the longest fuses because of how I reacted. 95, I've heard this quote, 95% of like who you are and the life around you is how you react. Yeah. There's 5% of stuff that happens. And so I guess here's a just a fun story of probably the most mad I've ever gotten public, like publicly. So we had to create something that was called a diorama in seventh grade English. It was this like shoe box, shoe box, like scene. And so most people like did little clay characters, the little scene from a book that they read or whatever. I did the hunchback of Notre Dame. My parents made me, I worked 10 hours on this because my parents made me redo it three times because they did not like it, which I was kind of pissed at already. But In the end, on the last time, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do what I'm really good at, which was woodworking. So I built this like elaborate bell tower. I hardened some clay for the bell, engraved on it, built two, oh, what are those? What the things on sides of buildings, they're usually like griffins or I forget what they're called, but like the stone statues on the outside of the building. And then I built like the little hunchback. Gargoyles. Like gargoyles. Yeah. So I built all of that. It took me about three and a half hours to build it. The next day I went into class, I made like, I made sure my project was going to be safe. And somehow there's an idiot in my class who knocked it over. And I had the loudest, we, at this time I was at a really small school. We had about 150 people from our kindergarten to graduation. And so we had about 14 people in my class, but we were also the loudest class. 
you could hear a pen drop in that room because people saw who I like where my face went. I went from like laughing to like, I'm going to kill this guy. <laughs> like the teachers were scared. The students were scared. Like I looked at him, looked what happened and walked out the door. Cause if I didn't walk out the door, he was going to the hospital. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Like, I was pissed, pissed. And you, you're going to destroy that guy, man. <laughs> oh, 100%. Like, I literally walked out and walked into the gym and started shooting basketballs. No teacher questioned. Like, no teacher went up to me for about 30 minutes. Not the principal, not any of the guy teachers. My sister saw me through a little, like, window in one of the doors. And the teacher that was in my class came to my sister and was like, Hey, will you go talk with Steven? We're all like don't want to and she was like no <laughs> no no fuck no like to the point where even like the seniors and all of them who were like gathered around the vending machine area that was like a two there they just split they were like we're not messing with this guy <laughs> it took me about an hour to go back into the room because i mean i could not look that guy in the face uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what? i think everybody's shattered that you went out of the classroom so yeah it would have been a very different story if i stayed in the classroom yeah. But the point of the story is like, I had that personality change and no one wanted to be around me because they knew what my base personality was and seeing me in that state, like some people were scared. Some people were laughing because they've never seen me that mad, but they all knew like this guy's serious. <laughs> yeah. And also you, you chose not to go for the violence. Like, you yeah. That was definitely a choice. That was not, yeah. I don't think that was what you wanted. I don't think you thought, okay, I'm fucking angry and now that's I'm that's what I wanted. I, that's not what I needed. Yeah. <laughs> I had enough self control in that moment to go. I do not want a criminal charge on my record. <laughs> I do not want to get expelled from the school. I have a really good reputation. Yeah. It only takes one thing to ruin a reputation. Yeah. <laughs> good you didn't do it. <laughs> it would have been hilarious because I don't know what the aftermath would have been, but like everyone in the school trusted me. So I was like, I probably could have gotten away with it. Just gotten talked with the principal and whatnot. But, <laughs> but, but but like it also depends on like with the other kid did he do it intentionally or was it like by mistake? Oh, it was an accident. It was definitely like he was clearing some others to put his down, but he like cleared mine and then like as he turned around, his backpack caught mine and ripped it off. Like he completely moved mine from a safe place to a not so safe place and then turned around and just everything fell and broke. Oh, well, well you, you also like have to take that into consideration because... Yeah, and that's why I walked out. Yeah, yeah because if that was intentional, like you need to make sure that he don't do that again. But you don't oh, have to like, punch him down. Even if it was intentional how I was acting, he would never do it again. Yes, yeah, he was going to make sure that he didn't do it again. Oh, yeah, because at this point, so during 6th, 7th, 8th grade, that's when everyone's growing. Because oh, yeah. this is like when everyone's hitting their growth spurt. I've been the same height since sixth grade. Mm. I was a six foot, six, 12 year old. Nice. And then I stopped growing. Really? And so I was like, had like some of the closest people in my grade was like here to me at one point. Like I hit my growth spurt early and he was like, I don't know, five, six at that time. He eventually grew to near my height, but like, I was like huge compared to him. But oh, anyway, so fun. <laughs> that's so funny, man. <laughs> Actually, like, how high are you? Like, how? I'm six foot. Your height? So, I'm six foot now. Six foot. I was six foot then. I'm six foot now. 
and I'll probably be six foot in ten years. <laughs> mm, sure. Yeah. I'm just going to figure out what my... So my I'm about a little shorter than two meters. Yeah. Um, I'm five feet and almost 11 inches. So we're pretty much same height. Sure. I'm 180 uh, in centimeters. Yeah, so I'm probably like 185, something like that. Mm, probably. What is the average height in America? Five nine, five ten for guys, and then like five five, five six for girls. So you can convert that to meters and say it. Hmm. Average height in USA is five feet and nine inches. So about yeah. one seventy five, I think seventy five, and in Denmark it's one eighty. So five eleven. Oh, I'm I'm actually like average height. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one point seven five meter for the average yeah. height. Yeah, so I guess we're both bigger than normal than <laughs> people. <laughs> Pump it. Three, five, four. <laughs> we're just two bodyguards walking around. <laughs> what you want, mate? <laughs> and at the smaller school, I had the nickname of the Jolly Green Giant. I always wore a green hoodie. We had to wear uniforms at our school at this time. So we always had to wear khaki or navy slacks or shorts with a, I think it was um, blue, burgundy, green, white. And there's like one other color that we could wear for polos. And so the guys had to wear polos. Girls could wear jumpers or skirts or whatever. But we also had like hoodies and we had to wear our school's hoodie and so i chose the green one and so i always wore green and since i was larger than everyone in my grade i just got nicknamed as a green giant and then because i'm a happy guy i got named the jolly green giant <laughs> that's such a catchy nickname though <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought about it's like with everyone and their pronouns and their bios. I've thought about putting fee fi fo fum. <laughs> do that. That's such a fun fact, dude. You should definitely like do that. Talk about that. Oh, have you seen Kate Butowski, like the cartoon? Yeah. You remember the the Viking guy Gunder? Yeah. I got that nickname, and I never <laughs> got the story behind that nickname. But my suspicion is I was that kind, that guy, a little chubby, mm-hmm. uh, kind of Viking. Ish, <laughs> because I was always, yeah. always working about shorts and like I did all the stuff and I, I was fuck you. <laughs> so yeah, I was also known for always wearing shorts in winter. It could be same. It, it could be negative, like for you, negative degrees Celsius, on a negative ten, negative twenty, and I would still be wearing shorts outside. Mm. <laughs> and eventually we had a rule at one of my basketball teams like if the coach during winter saw you in shorts like walking in or out of the practice everyone had to run run a suicide or run lines i guess as it's called now and so everyone looked at me and go steven do you have a pair of pants because i didn't know if i had a pair of sweatpants like i have two pairs now yeah and both of them were from that basketball <laughs> I have two pairs of sweats, two pairs of jeans, and two pairs of dress pants. Wow, okay. I have two jeans, and I have some old work jeans, but that's all I have. <laughs> Otherwise, I only yeah. have shorts. Yeah, and so people always get on to me. They're like, Stephen, you need to wear professional pants. And I'm like, why? Why the hell? I'm like, they know how I think. Like, yeah. I can be comfortable. I'm comfortable enough with my knowledge to walk into a meeting with an executive in nice shorts and a t-shirt because it's like, okay, I'm here for my knowledge. I'm not here to completely impress you on how I dress. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, like, sometimes the impre- uh, impression is also, oh, that guy closely likes. Like, mm-hmm. he's really authentic and, and 
not trying to just be a show off. Yeah, because I don't want to wear a suit when I go there because that's just not me. Like, yes, I like dressing up for dances or that kind of thing just because it's nice to do that. But like at the same time, like in everyday life, I'm not going to be wearing a button-down shirt and slacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So also, have, you, you just kind of have to dominate your clothing. Like be seen as you are confident in what clothes you choose. Like, you know, yeah. not, not being scaring everybody off and saying loud stuff, but just like look in, like you jo- enjoy what clothes you have in it. Make sure it fits your body well. Oh, yeah. Don't be wearing super tight. Don't be wearing Adam Sandler. Okay. Fun fact about me. I've been wearing the same clothes since middle school. I mean, I've maybe gotten 10 new shirts and like two new shorts since middle school in my closet. How many years is that? That would have been last about nine years. I mean, oh, I've okay. I've not cha- I have not changed my wardrobe in nine years. Here in about next year, I'm planning on literally taking my whole closet and throwing it away because I need new clothes. Because I got for a while, I got known as like the guy who wears Adam Sandler because I'd wear because mediums didn't fit me well, larges were too large, and so but I had to wear a large because of my broad shoulders. Mm. Because medium, they would just squeeze me. Yeah, and I, I just did I not like that. And so I would wear what looked like looser clothes because I used to have a little bit of like a hunch. Now I've straightened up a little bit. But like with the athletic shorts I was wearing, it's just like that picture of Ab Sandler walking down the street with like the drink. That was how I dressed. Yeah, I did not give a I did not give a care that I dressed like that. But I was also known as the professional person who dressed like Adam Sandler. Because how I interact with people is very professional. It's like, yeah, even when I'm joking, it's not like I'm not like I'm a party person, not like I'm this. I'm a pretty serious person. Sure, sure. I completely understand that. And it's so fun. <laughs> like what other people think about you sometimes. <laughs> it's so fun. Oh, it's hilarious. I love hearing it because I'm like with the Gary V. Like people can judge me. Yes, I listen to them as in like people that I trust or like, hey, you're doing this, doing that. But like 90% of people that I don't care about, I like to hear what people think of me. And if eventually if enough people say something, I'm like, okay, I might change that. Yeah, exactly. But I don't carry what a few people say about me as like, I'm judging that on myself. So I'm just, I usually am like, cool, that's funny, whatever, peace. <laughs> See you. Just let it roll off. Yeah. The Gary V, don't judge yourself. Mm-hmm. Like make sure whatever decision you made in the moment is the best decision that you could have made because that's the decision you made. Mm-hmm. Don't dwell on that. Yeah, that's actually a really good phrase. Um, please say that again, that quote. So don't judge yourself. Any decision that you made was the best decision you could have made in the moment with the knowledge that you had. Yeah. So don't... And the reason why that is is because you took it. Yeah, so any and any decision you made, it's the decision you took. You can't change that. So don't judge yourself on that decision. Mm. And so sometimes you can retroactively go back and change decisions. But guess what? It's a decision that's made. It's written in stone. There's nothing you can do to go back. So why dwell on it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. When we talk about that, I also think about reversible and irreversible decisions. Mm-hmm. And all of the things that we might think is irreversible is reversible. Like you, you can start a business again. You can change your name. You can do a lot of things. You can take mm-hmm. a lot of bad decisions and just, oh, well, I have to change that. That's a quite a few. Yeah. You can rebrand yourself. You yeah. can rebrand your company. Exactly. And like uh, J- um, people that have been to prison can also like leave prison and build a good life. Like, 
mm-hmm. you can change yourself but sometimes there is ir- irreversible decisions and those you have yeah. to be quite careful about and really get the preparation done but irreversible is like just go ahead do it and as i said earlier there's a lesson in everything and sometimes you have to take bigger bigger risks for it and yeah the bigger the risk the bigger the lesson so yeah every choice that you make if you go back and look at it that's really how you get like a lot of people with depression you constantly look this is how i define depression anxiety in my head depression is looking back anxiety is looking forward I like that. And so whenever you're anxious about the future, you're worried about, oh, what decisions can I make? What if I do this? What if I do this? What if I say the wrong thing to Alex? What if I have a bad sales call? Depression is looking back and saying, oh, I forgot to send the Zoom link. I just missed out on a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. And dwelling on that and going like deep into that because I know I've struggled with both, which kind of sucks because anxieties, I want to do everything. Depressions, I don't want to do anything. And so having that mixture, you're in bed and you're like, I want to do something, but I can't because I don't have energy from thinking about the past, but I'm anxious about what I'm going to do. And so such an evil loop. And so you're just this battle inside of you. But also I have ADHD, which is also a fun mix with that. We we joke with my uh, girlfriend, it's called the trifecta. Because ADHD is the usually going a thousand miles an hour, but like when they sit down, they cannot do anything. And then if you have depression, you're while you're sitting down, you have that. And while you're going and hyper fixating on everything, you have the anxiety. Well, it's good good to have fun nicknames, but that makes it way easier at least. Or I guess the new name for ADHD, people are calling it Dave. What is it? It's something executive. It's making fun of the different things. It's like attention, variability, executive. Oh, deficient, attention, variable, executive. Something like that. And they nicknamed it Dave so they can go, damn it, Dave. (laughs) Damn it, Dave. And for all listeners, just to clarify, we are not psychologists. Not at all. This This is just... Professional opinion, this is just us having fun. Yeah. Seriously. Serious moment outside of laughing. If you do have stuff and go and find professional help, it is serious. Yeah. But it is good to also have laughs around what is happening to help deal with it. But if you do have issues, please go see a psychologist, go see a doctor, all of that. Get some help because there's a lot to have on your own shoulders. And sometimes you, the best way to do it is just to ask for help. And Absolutely. And as professionals that have educated themselves to be able to do it quite well. So you might as well yeah. use those expertise they have. So yeah, Absolutely. If, you, if you start with some of that, go seek some professional help. Yep. And which making fun of it is just making sure that it's easier to talk about. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, cool. Okay. I don't have too much time. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else we want to... Oh, I guess specific goals for this next week. What do you got? I'm not sure um, what specific goal I actually have. So let's make uh, you start. Yeah, so specific goal I have... I'm just trying to look through my schedule of what I have. I guess for me, it's the fraternity I'm in. It's, well, one, I guess, specific goal is I have some family issues that I'm dealing with, so I got to deal with those. So getting, I don't want to deal with those because it sucks. But sitting down, I have a conversation this week, so actually sitting down and going through that seriously. So that's my like main overarching goal because I need to get that figured out in my life so that I can do better in business because it's taking up a lot of my thought yeah. space. Yeah. Oh, and so... Okay, clearing out your, your, your thoughts, yeah. Yeah, so I need to... I really need to deal with that. And I'm not looking forward to it, but it's a goal that I've had of like, I need to sit down with my family, certain family member and have a conversation. So getting that done will be 
awesome. But also the fraternity I'm in, we have homecoming, which is basically a formal, usually related with football. There's usually like a parade celebration kind of thing. And so trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do for that, because apparently I'm signed up for something that I have no idea what I'm signed up for. (laughs) Somebody was like, hey, do you want to do this? And I said, sure. And I've not heard that's been four months ago. I have not heard anything since. And I've asked him about it, but he's like, mm. so the sorority we're, partnered, sorority we're partnered with, I really hope they come to me and go, hey, you need to do this. Because I actually don't even go to the college that my fraternity is in. And so I have no connections to anyone. I literally just have connections within my fraternity. I barely know the sorority that we're partnered with. But that just makes it fun. So I'm just waiting for a text or call that says, hey, you need to be here. I'm like, cool. Okay, cool. See you then. I can't say I have a specific goal, but I have a lot of meetings I have to go through this week. That's quite important. And also, mm-hmm. and my last boss also has, has to talk about. I have to talk about it. And that's not a meeting I'm looking forward to, but it has to be done. So um, Absolutely. So like clearing out a lot of things because um, a lot of the meetings is something that's taking up a lot of my thought a lot of my thoughts because i don't know where it's going and i don't know what how, how much effort i should put into those because i'm one of the things we're, i'm going to, to talk about is i've been volunteer for a long time and i've started what we call the youth network but on danish the thing is i'm not sure of my future in it which i think is quite sad but also okay but in some sense but i'm going to figure that out a little more clearly at least on Wednesday so uh, yeah clearing up in some of my thoughts definitely yeah that's I guess that's the goal for both of us of clearing yeah. out clearing our thought space so we can do more business <laughs> exactly that's <laughs> always important getting your yeah your thoughts cleared up yes yeah, so one more question I'm just curious what is your native language because I think I've asked this before but because I, I know it's not I know it's Danish yeah cool because um, I know it wasn't English <laughs> it, it's not English you can probably hear it by the accent I'm getting better uh, since uh, Denmark is a very small country we only have five million people in it Mm-hmm. And that's a small country. So, um, and we are the only country that actually speaks Danish. Swedish and Norway is uh, not Norway. Norwegian is quite close. Some professional linguistics just call us different dialects, but mm-hmm. so yeah, then, uh, English is not my native language. But since we are a small country, I have always like all the games I've played online has been on English. Like we're not a big enough country for us to have professional translators into Danish. Yeah. I mean, so that means that my written and reading English is quite good, but my mm-hmm. pronunciation is still a bit lacking. But that's yeah. also the podcast is also helping a lot of that. So I'm glad. Yeah, I know. Even since we first talked, I think it's back in February or March. Like your English has gotten dramatically better speaking. Thanks, it. thanks. Uh, I'm glad to hear it because I have actually put a lot of in- effort into it, mm-hmm. and trying to improve it. So yeah, uh, I'm glad to hear that. And and also, yeah. like, if you just watch the first episode of the podcast, I think I've gone way more smooth and fluently. So I think that's mm-hmm. good. Absolutely, I just looked up the population of my state because i was just double checking but my state if you include so kansas city there's two kansas cities there's kansas city kansas kansas city missouri if you loop kansas city missouri with our population so then we're almost as big as denmark sure so kansas is three million and then the population on the missouri side of is about a million and a half i believe something like that Uh, well i can see we have 5.8 million people 
from Trinity to Trinity. Yeah. That's not a lot, a lot of people. But yeah. So that's what it is. Cool. So uh, thank you everyone for listening to our podcast. And um, thank you, Stephen. As always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, and yeah. I will be looking forward to seeing you next time. Goodbye. You as well. Bye. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Birdhouse podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, follow me on my Instagram at the Birdhouse Agency and share it to your friends and family or rate it on Apple Podcast or Anchor. My name is Alexander Gulea and I will see you at the next episode. Mm-hmm.